Hello and welcome to the Orderway podcast where we talk about recurring revenue, which is capitalism's favorite business model. My name is Steve Kiefer. I'm the chief marketing officer here at Ordway, and I'd like to welcome our featured guest today, who is Ben Taylor, the CEO and co-founder of SoftLedger. Welcome, Ben. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, thanks for making the time. I, I thought you'd be a really interesting guest on the show. We wanted to talk about two things. One, uh, you know, SoftLedger is doing some really interesting things in the accounting and fintech space. So I wanted to hear a little bit about the product, but also wanted to get your perspective as a, a you know, founder and CEO of a, a growing SaaS business. Um, you know, there's always lots of lessons learned from that. So why don't we start off, though, tell us a little bit about SoftLedger. I mean, what's the, uh, you know, there's lots of accounting software out in the market, you know, Ordway is kind of in a, in a similar space, but not not competitive with what you guys. You know, what, what was the big problem that you guys were looking to solve? What inspired you to to found the company? Sure. Yes. Yeah, so so um, uh, a bit about SoftLedger is we're a uh, we're a software provider. We provide accounting software and APIs for companies with multiple entities, multiple currencies, and any with digital assets as well. We sell directly to CFOs and controllers. Uh, and then we also, um, so that would be kind of like in between a bookkeeping software like QuickBooks and uh, the next step up like a NetSuite, we kind of uh, uh, provide a easier path off um, uh, that you could use with a smaller team. And then we also sell indirectly through technology partners that um, an example being you could have a vertical software provider that that's uh, an operation system for a particular industry. It touches accounting. Um, maybe they've even built some accounting functionality. We help them build and maintain that accounting functionality uh, uh, and just do that quicker, more cost effectively, all that. And so kind of there's there's two paths to market there. Uh, and so uh, quick, quick, you know, story on how we started is my background's in accounting. I was working at the, in the accounting department for a public company, and it just took too long to get the financial statements every month. And uh, I like to say, we didn't know how we were doing on January 5th until February 28th, you know, so it always took so long to get there. Um, and so I figured this could be solved with software and called up my longtime friend, Jeff Ostrega. And uh, he's been a computer science, he's uh, a computer science background, the same way I have an accounting background. We've known each other for uh, a long time since freshman year at college at University of Maryland. And yeah, we just took a crack at building this this system, and you know, uh, it's been uh, uh, February 2017 is when we went full time. We were nights and weekends for a bit prior, and uh, fast forward to today, we're serving over 70 customers all over the world, and yeah, pretty much brings us the date. That's great. So six years in. So um, I want to dive a little deeper on the product because you said a couple things there that were really interesting. You were mentioning, you know, not having to wait until the end of the month, you know, when you January. Mm-hmm. You had to wait until a couple of days into February to get visibility on the financials. You also mentioned those APIs and things, but maybe we take a step back. Just you know, what what's differentiated about the the product? What's kind of the secret sauce or, or mm-hmm. things that you guys do differently that, that perhaps nobody else does? Sure, yeah, yeah. So that's the API uh, focused aspect is important. Um, it's it's all about getting financial data faster to the the people that need it within an organization, and so direct, indirect, it's all. It's all about that, you know, using uh, modern software and APIs to, to do that. Um, and so that's really our differentiator, differentiator across the board. 
three, uh, uh, from a direct standpoint, three uh, key pieces of functionality jump out is multi-entity consolidation, foreign okay. currency management, and then digital asset management as well. So those are just, you know, three functional areas that we see um, see a lot of uh, because we, we have we're strong in those areas and uh, and industry wise, it's kind of across the board though. Uh, investment management, financial services, and software are the top three for us. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I was going to ask a little more about that go-to-market. So those are the three industries, um, small business, mid-market, enterprise, are you more product-led growth, sales-led growth? Tell us a little more about just the go-to-market approach. So it's it's we're kind of, we've got the product-led growth aspects that help us operate efficiently and have our customers use the system easily it doesn't you know the training is is a lot less than it it would need to be with uh with legacy systems so there's those aspects to it still this is a core business system we can't just you know self-service it and <laughs> help, yeah. you know have people go off to the races so because somewhere in between um but uh, uh primarily our our ideal customer is a cfo or controller at a 50 to 200 employee company um okay. could be a bit bigger could be a bit smaller depending on the complexity um, and, uh, and then, and then that, that's on the direct side and then on the indirect side, we're selling to a software company that serves those, okay. that ICP or smaller or bigger, depending because we're working with a partner, it can, it can, um, we can do, we can, there's more flexibility there. Yeah. Hmm. Makes sense. No. And there's, there's quite a few companies that fall in that 50 to 200 employee range, both on, on the software side or side and your direct side. So it sounds like a nice niche yeah. to play in. Hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about the culture and, and talent. Are you guys r remote? Are you, are you in the office? Are you a combination of both? So, uh, we've been remote, uh, from, from day one, really. Uh, even when it was Ahead just Jeff and I, we, yeah, <laughs> well, out of necessity to start because we couldn't afford an office and, uh, we even early on wanted to make ourselves look bigger than we were. And so <laughs> we wouldn't be in an office and that was kind of a problem. And then, you know, all of a sudden, everyone was remote and it was totally fine. And so it just kind of was uh, um, something we were we were doing already. And so we, yeah, being remote is really um, core to our, you know, how we've run the company and our culture and everything. And it's been it's been great. There's, I I very much miss going to the office. There are a lot of benefits that are that are difficult or impossible to replicate uh, in, as a as a remote team. But the benefits just far outweigh that. Uh, and so that's yeah, it's been good for us. Anything else interesting about the culture, like uh, in terms of how you're getting top talent, you know, uh, ev everybody's competing for developers and good, you know, SEO and marketing, go to market people. Mm -hmm. Well, the, the flexibility that provides the, the ability to like directly yeah. contribute to our um, our product. I think this is something that's that's really attractive. I mean, we there's there's plenty of times, even, you know, in the past couple of weeks where it's like, so some customer request has come up. We've got we've we've digested it, looked at whether we can get this in our product roadmap, and we just put it in the next sprint. And it's like from ideation to it being in the product is like a couple weeks. Doesn't you know Love happen it. often? It's got to be an easy enough yeah. one to do. But you're right there and um, at the uh, at, at that point where you can really impact the product and the company. And so I think that that's been attractive to people. Yeah, no, I, I, it resonates with me. That's one of the things I like about being in Ordway is just a, mm -hmm. every every employee has a big impact and gets stuff done mm -hmm. fast. So, um, yeah. So, uh, 
six years in, uh, 70 customers. Um, I'm sure you have ambitions of getting a lot bigger, but still there's the, you know, there's a lot of startups that, that don't make it anywhere close to that. Um, mm-hmm. what would your advice be to other founders that maybe are a couple of years behind you? Um, you know, and any thoughts on raising capital or hiring the, you know, hiring mistakes you made, go to market, building the product and any words of wisdom for, for others that are following in your footsteps? Um, sure. Yes. So the way, and I'll just, you know, go off of the way, um, the way we grew is, you know, I, uh, I got a lot of advice, uh, throughout the years, um, uh, from a lot of people, specialists in their particular industries, other startup founders, other executives at early stage companies that have that done it a number of times. And I'd say, um, it, it's easy, especially early on to, to hear a piece of advice and go, Oh, I'm doing this all wrong, or this person knows better than me. Or, and I think that um, it's possible that that's the case, even improbable in, so, in some situations, especially <laughs> as you've gotten started. And they, they, there might be a lot more experience with uh, uh, um, there, but you're always in the position to make the best decision. Like there's no there's no one in a better position to make the right decision than you in the thick of it. And so just that's all just information and more information yeah. never hurts. Just get good at synthesizing it, like getting the, you know, figuring out what that means to you and what the next decision is. And, and then if you do that, you know, there's you know a lot of people that are willing to share and help. And, uh, um, and then, yeah, over, over time things, you know, you're going to a big enough market, you know, it well enough, you're really hitting on a, a big problem. Uh, uh, like I said, uh, this quote, I think it's Warren Buffett. It's, uh, uh, oh, uh, in the short term, markets are voting machines. In the long term, they're weighing machines. And I think that applies to a lot of things. It's just over time, if you're if you got if there's something there, you'll, you'll um, that will become evident and you'll grow. Um, yeah. So that's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm on my third startup here in a row, and I've, mm-hmm. I found the same thing. Every, lots of advice, but I found there's sort of like these macro things that apply to every every SaaS company, but then there's a lot of what I call microeconomics that are specific to your business, and nobody's better mm-hmm. better positioned uh, than the team that's on the ground to to make those calls. So good. Um, anything else you wanted to share with the audience about Soft Ledger or things that I didn't ask you about before we close out? Um. No, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, if if you you know any anyone listening, if if it sounds like we're we're hitting on the nail on the head for anything, we can we're easy to find. Uh, please reach out. But yeah, thanks again for having me on. This is this is great. Yeah, I think you're on to something big. There's definitely you know from my perspective uh, a need for alternatives, making that jump to QuickBooks to NetSuite, and, and also mm-hmm. this idea of it consuming API functionality via an API or sorry, accounting functionality via an API mm-hmm. is really intriguing. So. We'll be interested to watch you guys grow here over the next couple of years. Thanks again for, for taking the time and thanks everyone in the audience for tuning in. We look forward to seeing you again on a future edition of the Waterway podcast. Mm-hmm.